0: And um, uh, this has kind of been an interesting last um, few days or so, but um, this is episode 73 of the podcast, and um, Shaggy and I are in the same room. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's so It's been a while
1: since we've actually been able to get together and meet, um, but that's mostly because you were, you were living in Holden, Holden for the last uh, few months or so.
0: Uh, since uh, last April, um, some life changes happened again, so I'm back up in Warrensburg, and I actually have room here. Um, this is the most space <laughs> I have <laughs> ever had in my life. I mean, um, besides an upstairs bedroom at the house I grew up in, but I, th- I, th- you know, I think... I think this is actually slightly bigger than that. I'm not sure. It's It's amazing. Um, And, yes, I moved CenturyLink over to this address because as difficult as it is to get their service up and running in the first place, once it's up and running, it very rarely goes down. Um, It's... it does rock solid performance and everything else, and dedicated bandwidth is nice. Um, I don't have to share with same people and people on the same node. Um, if I do get to a better financial position at one point, I'll I may just switch back to Charter and go with their highest tier, because then I wouldn't be likely to drop below the threshold, so to speak. Um, but that that is expensive, so um, that's not going to happen for a while. Anyway, um, this is going to be kind of informal, and a couple couple of cool announcements. Um, we cover Unix, Unix-like operating systems, right? Oh, yeah. And um, as much as some people aren't... A, always a fan of it, OS X is included in that mix. Um, he recently acquired a Macbook. To be uh, specific, it is the uh, 2012
1: edition of the Macbook Pro. It, um, it's uh, the, the primary reason why I bought this is I was going to try and save up for a Macbook Air. And the reason why I wanted that is because the Macbook Air is lightweight, it still comes with your choice of a Core i5 or a Core i7 processor, so you still have plenty of processing power. Now, granted, it's not nearly as powerful as like another desktop or a laptop with a bigger battery and higher watt processor, but it's still very fast performance for its category. It's one of the fastest on the market. Um, so I was planning on saving that, uh, saving up for that, because there's a rumor going around that they're going to redesign that, and it'll be out this year. Um, but at, at the moment it's still a rumor and I didn't want to wait on the rumor. Uh, anyway, anyway, here in town, I swung by there uh, a couple months ago and i saw a Mac that they had sitting there and it's the 2012 Mac pro. It's the base model. It doesn't have a retina display or anything like that, but it still has uh, a third generation core i5 processor, which is the newest processor I've had in a laptop, uh, since the Toshiba I had been using for a while, but I broke the fan on that, so I gotta fix it. <laughs> um, anyway, it's got a third-gen Core i5, uh, Intel HD 4000 graphics, so it's almost gaming capable. You can play some low-level games and stuff that doesn't require too much uh, power. Um, it's got a 500 gigabyte spinning hard drive, which you can't get in a MacBook anymore. This is the only MacBook you can get it in. You can't even get it on the Mac Pro. Even the Mac Pro has uh, flash storage directly on the board. Um, um, It also comes with 4 gigs of 1600 DDR3 RAM, so the RAM's performance is good enough that I I won't have to worry about it. It's the same performance as my desktop RAM, and I've only got 8 gigs in it. I don't really need anything more than that.
0: But if you wanted to throw more in there in case you're like you know what I want to do this virtualization thing a try <laughs> yeah this this uh, laptop
1: uh, what Thomas is getting at is that this laptop is actually upgradable now uh, another thing that Apple did recently when they redone their designs for the MacBook Air Pro uh, whatever line is that n- now even with the Mac Pro you cannot upgrade anything everything is soldered in on the board So, like, if you wanted to take apart your Mac and then put in some more RAM, no, it's not going to happen. The exception is that they still sell their 2012 model, which I'm going to show Thomas. You guys can't see this because we're not doing hangouts today. But on the back, it has 10 screws. Four on the bottom, four on the top, and two on the sides. And all you have to do is unscrew all of these. These are just standard Phillips head screws. You take this entire back panel off, and I'm going to show you this, Thomas. I wish we were doing this in Hangouts, but there's a battery on the bottom left-hand corner of the laptop, bottom right-hand if you're facing the bottom of it, had it flipped over on your desk or something. On the bottom left-hand corner is the hard drive, and then the uh, the top left-hand corner is where the Apple SuperDrive is, which this still comes with the SuperDrive. No other Mac comes with it anymore. You have to buy the USB SuperDrive. And then over here is where the rest of the motherboard is. The processors approximately in this area, in the top middle, close to where the screen hinge is. But you can take that whole back panel off. The memory is about right dead center. You can take the memory out. It's got two slots um, and it'll accept up to 16 gigabytes, uh, two eight gig sticks, and I can throw in whatever size of flash storage I want. So a solid state drive, you can get up to I think a one terabyte solid state drive for a standard two point five inch SATA, and that's what this will take.
0: That's pretty impressive. So, so if you're like I, I want to do this because I'm going to test my software on a lot of uh, a lot of uh, operating systems. You literally could do that. So. Um, I've, I've, I've been acquiring equipment left and right myself. It's kind of kind of weird. I've, I've been doing some side work um, where I helped a local business um, set up a simple type of networking on their, on their business to make things a little bit more convenient. And they're, um, they told me that they, sh- they should have had this done years ago. And he's like, I don't know why it hadn't. It's nice and convenient now be able to be working on you know various client stuff and have it saved all to one machine but be able to work on it anywhere in the office so that was nice and he had me try to look for specific data on, on certain other computers that he picked up over the years and, and I was able to consolidate some of them one of them the motherboard was shot the other, the whole system was shot, so I was able to take memory sticks out and put it in another s- system that was running a Vista Home Basic, <laughs> which, ironically, ironically, uh, Vista, Windows Vista apparently runs like certain legacy applications a lot better than say Windows Seven, and they still use certain legacy applications. Like we're talking DOS based applications. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. Vista the system that, you know, we bashed on for, for quite some time and all of a sudden it's turns out it's in that case it's more backwards compatible than seven. So so I I out of this I got an old Dell uh, Optiplex Tower. It kinda of reminds me of the ones that college campus used to have um to to shaggy's left um <clears throat> to my right i recently purchased a tower off of a coworker's daughter and um you know fingers crossed but may just have to clean it out and maybe turn it on and take a look at everything because I, um honestly i may have hit the lottery on this one um you said six, possibly six gigs of RAM in this thing?
1: Uh, based on what I saw, I took one of the sticks out, and I, uh, I assume that it is they are all the same and that they are all DDR3 because it is 1066 is the clock on the RAM, and they're all two-gig sticks. So the possibility is that it's six gigs, but it could be that there might be two four-gig sticks as well. It depends on the arrangement and I didn't pull them all out. I just took a glance at one of them. So a minimum of six, I would assume.
0: And and the funny part is, um, if it turns out the motherboard is actually shot and everything else, it's fine. Um, the plan is to take the motherboard out of this thing, and then one of the towers I got to work on it was making this horrible staticky sound noise. Um, if, it, if Windows was loading on it, it would be... When it, when in, you know, what when the hard drive was reading, it made this noise. When I was in a live operating environment running tools, it would make that noise when I moved the mouse.
1: But not when the hard drive was
0: operating. Yeah, and so um, after looking into it, asking for feedback. Um, I'm pretty sure that likely the power supply is starting to go on it. Um, Something about a coil being problematic and causing that kind of feedback, meaning that it may be starting to go out, which may explain why, why when the person I was doing the work for tried to turn it on at their place of residence, they had to turn it off and turn it back on several times just for the OS to load which is indicating a power problem somewhere. So, if the motherboard on this one is shot, all I have to do is pull pull, pull the motherboard out, and then put the motherboard from this other tower in, and plug everything in, and voila, it will... I have a, another system and everything else, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, I may have hit the lottery with this I'm like, wow The thing was heavy too the, the, you, Which case did you say this was again?
1: It's a, it's a Cooler Master Cosmos Now, I don't know exactly how old it is But this is uh, For those of you that don't know anything about cases or anything like that It is a full tower case Now, uh, my gaming computer that I have at home That I usually do the podcast on I do programming and obviously gaming uh it is a mid tower and i recently replaced it because i had to swap out a uh, f- video card because i wanted to get rid of the one that was old and it was just not working for me anymore so i got a new video card turns out it was too big for the case so i had to get a new case <laughs> anyway the older case was just slightly taller and much more heavy than the case i have now and to put it into per- perspective that case is pretty much like a bicycle compared to a Mac truck, which the Mac truck, in this case, is the Cooler Master Cosmos case <laughs> that we're talking about. And now there is good and bad in that. In that, the uh, the durability and build quality of this case is excellent. It's Cooler Master, so you're going to get a good product. I love Cooler Master products. I've never had one personally, but I do like their products. They have excellent design. Excellent build quality and usually very easy upgradability and uh, portability and modularity in its uh, design. So, uh, this case supports up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven case fans at least, and uh, bottom mounted power supply, which is a good thing for heat dissipation and cable management. And that's what I would prefer in a case. So, in this case, it's uh, it's extremely, extremely handy. Um, it could support up to a 360-millimeter radiator at the top if you wanted to. Um, now, that's, that's, you're going to have to pay for that, and that's usually going to be a custom loop cooler instead of a closed loop. Now, in this case, it, it has um, rubber grommets on the back of it, so you could do piping out to an external uh, water supply if you wanted. Um, but that's, that's if you wanted to go all out with this and in this case that you'd end up spending more money on that than it's really worth. Uh, But the the case itself is in fairly good shape uh, but the people that had it beforehand I think did not take very good care of it. It could have been in much better shape than it is now. But it's still usable.
0: Um, And there's some there's some dust in there and things like that. that Let me explain why stuff was just overheating and and everything else, and it, it's it's about. I was told it was about six years old. So, um, so all I'd have to do is um, just dust the thing out, and I might be able to get the whole thing working again. They do want the hard drives back, and and they they had no idea how those hard drives got in there. Somebody else put them in there for them. So somebody else. So. Somebody else put this in there, so whoever did did all of that basically was... Uh, they basically took some shortcuts um, and everything else. So I did notice that some of the stuff was disconnected and everything else when we popped it open. Uh, the hard drives disconnected and everything else. So it, it's old enough... Um, they're, they're getting newer systems anyway, so no big deal. As for me, I'm excited just having a case to work with where I have plenty of room for it.
1: So. Um. And uh, one good point is that you might be able to find some parts for this case since this, this case is fairly modular. And gr- granted, it's usually sold as a unit. Um, since this case being six years old, You might be able to get on eBay and find some parts for the parts that are missing on this which happens to be mostly just the front panel and uh, I think it probably has a back panel to go with it as well which is probably just a screen for the back of it but you should be able to pick some of those things up online you just have to look for them so in that case you could repair this and all the minor things that are going on with it which Overall, it's not too bad. It just shows some wear and tear from whoever's had it in the past has not taken very much care of it. But overall, it's relatively minor.
0: And not a big deal. And and this is... You know, this is... Uh, it, and it's pretty... Pretty amazing. Um, personally, personally, if I have to hook everything up and try to make it run, but I don't... I just don't have the time at the moment. I still have to get a couple of desks moved up here. Um, and one more... At least one more heavy item moved up here, and a table, a little table. Things like that. I'm still trying to get things uh, settled in here. Because after recording this, I have to bring more stuff inside. And truth be told, my legs are just complete, just exhausted. I, I... I lots of stairs to deal with. Stairs back there. Stairs here. It's just incredible. And and there, there, there's just so much room in here I can do a lot more and everything else. So, so at least I'm no longer cramped and everything else I'm within walking distance of now. So this is awesome. Um but, um, and speaking of more equipment, by the way, you're you're looking at the Raspberry Pi too as well, right? Yeah, so I'm a, I can actually afford it right now as, as we're speaking, but I'm
1: trying to wait and save some money up because I'd like to put some money back because it's finally the first time I've been away from some debt for a while and I'm going to hit debt soon because I'm going to graduate this semester, but... Depending on how I manage my money and see what see what I need to do when and where, I'm going to try and get a hold of one soon because I have I have the original Pi and we've covered that in a previous podcast before, and I've messed around with it a little bit and uh, I was primarily using it as a media center for my living room, which has been replaced by my PS4. <laughs> I have no I have no use for the Raspberry Pi anymore in that sense. I have thought about turning it into like a mini web server for my uh, my own personal uses like file storage whatever and I think if I get something I'll get the Raspberry Pi 2 because it's a significant upgrade compared to the original Pi I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast yet but the Pi 2 has a uh, ARM version 7 instead of ARM version 6 processor and it's a quad core instead of a single core that operates at nine hundred megahertz, and the at stock speeds, the the seven hundred megahertz Pi is six times slower than the nine hundred megahertz quad core Pi. So the increase in speed is just totally worth it, especially since the price is exactly the same. And the quad core Pi is literally just a Raspberry Pi a Model B plus with a quad core thrown in it and double the RAM. So instead of five, 512 megabytes of RAM, you get one gig of RAM.
0: And it has two extra USB ports as well?
1: Yeah, that, that came with the uh, Model B+. Plus. And uh, in my case, I can't swap over my SD card, which is what the Pi boots from. Uh, because now the new Pi, it, uh, which I think came with the B+, Plus, it boots from a micro SD card instead of a standard SD card. And that was to conserve space, among some other things. And this is still all within the same power envelope. That's another thing you need to take into consideration: yeah. is that the Pi operates on less than a watt of power. If I'm not mistaken, anywhere between a watt to two watts of power.
0: And and we did we did talk about it in the previous episode. Um, I, it's 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 pretty incredible. Um, some equipment acquisitions in mind for myself down the road. It's probably going to be getting myself a new Chromebook because um, uh, at the end of this year, my extra 100 gigabytes of Google Drive space, free Google Drive space, runs out. So that, that, that's a good excuse for me to get <laughs> get, get a new generation of, uh, and it's still I'm still going to go for ARM-based just to be different.
1: If, if that's the case, Thomas, I want, I want to do this, especially on the podcast, so we can talk about the specs of it. You currently have the Samsung Chromebook, right? Yeah. With the Xenos 5 dual-core processor. Uh, let's see. I think that was the Chromebook 500 or 550. I can't remember what they give it the model for it, but it was their first Chromebook that Samsung had. They had two, a couple of models that were pretty much identical. There was only some minor differences between the two, and I cannot remember them off the top of my head. But since last year, I think like close to the middle of 2014, Samsung came out with a new version of their Chromebook, the Chromebook 2, which is only approximately $100, $120 more expensive than the current price of that same Chromebook. Right? It comes with a 720p screen, uh, a Xenos octal-core processor, Now, the Zenos octal-core processor is unique uh, uh, compared to a normal 8-core processor because it's technically not a full 8-core. What it is is basically like two quad-core processors thrown on one die. But in this case, the Zenos octal-core that is in this specific computer is a 2 GHz octal-core, well, 2 GHz on four cores, and then I think it was 1.2 on the other four it's in a arm big little configuration which is for power consumption uh, reasons and it'll switch automatically this operating system doesn't have to necessarily deal with it too much the hardware takes care of a lot of that for it Um, it's it's a very interesting interesting uh, approach toward uh, computing and computing power and it's extremely interesting and some of the benchmarks I've seen it blows the original Samsung Chromebook out of the water so if you're looking into one, I would suggest buying that one, just based on the specs. It's also it's got a faux leather backing, so it kind of looks like leather, but it's not. Uh, so I mean, it looks it looks nice. The design is still just as good as the original Chromebook.
0: Kind of like the Galaxy Note Three kind of had a faux leather. Yes, backing. yes, um, very similar to that actually. Except except I never saw it. There was an OtterBox on the thing. Um, I am now though because of these life changes. I no longer have that phone. I have. I am back with Straight Talk, and I'm impressed with their coverage so far. GSM coverage. I have a. I have their Galaxy S4, Samsung's Galaxy S4, and it's running very well and everything else. My only gripe is um, I can turn Wi-Fi off for a while, but when I take it out of sleep, it turns it back on. And I think it's the Straight Talk my account app that keeps doing that so i just have to keep it plugged in um, if i'm using it for very extended periods of time that's about it but that's that's the only annoyance i've had
1: of what i know the the galaxy s4 it's, it's a very good phone the design is very very good the only reason i went away from using a samsung phone after my galaxy s2 is my S two came bundled with a lot of bloatware, which Samsung has actually started to slowly get away from, and I like that because my original Samsung uh, Galaxy S two had like a bunch of apps that I didn't think were necessary, like a bunch of like antivirus and some other stuff that I don't need, just a bunch, and the device storage on that one was just not enough and a lot of the apps that came bundled with it were just taking up space and I could not get rid of them since they're bundled in on the, uh, okay, simple partitioning scheme on Android is there's three separate partitions, one for the carrier, one for the operating system, and one for the user. And in this case, the carrier decided to bundle all those apps in on their side. So you can't mess with it unless you root the phone.
0: And, and I, I, I believe that I can probably root this phone if I wanted to. I just can't unlock this phone. Um, the, the whole voluntary unlocking thing from major carriers, Straight Talk aka TrackPhone in um, the company that owns them, they're not a part of C- CETA. So um, according to them, they're working it to where if you're phone is a year old, your account's in good standing, prepaid accounts in good standing and all of that then sure they'll, they may uh, let you unlock it if you ask them to if they determine that it can be unlocked so um, th- that's why if you, have, if you have an existing phone that's compatible with a bring your own phone thing you might want to go that route instead that's
1: what I have in my case. I have an unlocked phone that I bought, that was unlocked, came that way. Since Sony decided, or oh, I've talked about my phone in the past, so I won't get into the details of it. But after they released their Xperia line, um, they made a Xperia Z Ultra, and they gave it to Google to basically turn it into a Google Play Edition phone, which they they quit selling for a while. I'm not sure why, but the. In essence, the Google Play Edition phones were all unlocked. You could buy the phone, and it was stock Android. Mine isn't, because it's uh, the Sony one, but it's unlocked, and I can take it to any carrier. And The advantage of that is that if I get fed up with my carrier, which I'm slowly, slowly doing over the course of the last few... a couple years of being on this network, uh, Internet mostly, I don't get Internet service to save my life hardly. I get signal, but if I go down to my parents' house, I don't get signal. But when I was on straight talk for the short amount of time I was, about a year, year and a half, I always had decent service down around my parents' house, and if I'm up here somewhere, I would never have any problems.
0: And and I did some research, and I'm like, oh, this has got to go off of AT&T's towers, right? No, I think this may actually be going off T-Mobile's network. I'd have to look into it further, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. From what I can remember, actually, I'm pretty sure Straight Talk has
1: a plan with uh, a grouping of carriers including Sprint, AT&T, and Verizon. So basically you're bouncing off of all those different towers, so you won't get dedicated service to one uh, set of towers, but you get uh, you get roaming between other companies. It's the same concept between turning roaming on on your phone when you do that. Com- uh, these companies have partnerships with each other's other to say, hey, we'll grant you this amount of services with our network using our towers, but you have to pay us the specific fee. Right. And originally they used to charge the customers now uh, uh, that, but now it's usually bundled in with your service. You just don't get any of the extra features like LTE or... Uh, broadband internet, wireless broadband internet.
0: Um, like, I cannot turn this phone into a mobile hotspot. It's against their terms of service. I already know this. But um, I, I started thinking about it going, wait. If it was going off of T-Mobile's coverage, then it would be the same type of coverage that somebody with post-paid, not the prepaid, but post-paid coverage had. Um, like you go into a T-Mobile store, oh, that's not a contract garbage. It is a contract, it's just restructured. You're simply paying the phone off piece by piece. Um, you go through that route, then you would have data coverage, for example, through their through their partners uh, and agreements that they've made. Prepaid, you don't get that, um, which might explain part of the reason why and hold in this thing, managed to get LTE coverage, and I'm like, how How is this possible? This has got to be a TV. unless unless it's like you were saying, it goes off of more than one provider at once. Like if this is if this is the best coverage, it'll switch to that automatically. I'm not sure exactly how it does it, but it, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's some
1: sort of system that lets. It's kind of like how roaming works. But they allow service from these different companies. And that's the beauty of Straight Talk. And that's why Straight Talk has coverage pretty much everywhere.
0: That's why they say America's best networks. So um, I think I'll go ahead and wrap this up because you've got another engagement to be at. Um, Entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. Um, Hopefully by next week I'll be able to have everything set up the way I need it to. It's just going to take a little time. So... Uh now where am I going to hang that wall scroll at?